0: welcome to first the thing the beginning of a conversation I'm Susie
1: and I'm Hadley and welcome to another episode so this is our first episode um over video like chat which is interesting so the the audio might be strange we're still trying to figure it out yeah we're each using different microphones um so (laughs) different it might be it might be weird I don't know yeah We'll just try to sync it up. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm fine. I'm eating a lot of candy and cookies Mm. and doing a lot of crosswords. So that's how things are going. But I feel like I just (laughs) see a lot of social media posts of like people saying, oh, just relax. This is your time to relax and watch Netflix or whatever. And I'm doing that, but I'm also... I shouldn't be necessarily doing that because I still have work to do, but I'm not doing that work right now.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's yeah, it going I for mean, you? <laughs> Yeah, I just finished like a a ten page paper yesterday, and I actually reached the page limit for once. Um, I went over the page limit actually. Uh, other than that, nice. what was I doing? Um, watching Netflix in procrastination. Watching a lot of YouTube in procrastination. Mm-hmm. Mm, reading some manga Yeah, nice. that's about it pretty chill I'm nice. I'm like waiting to finish all of my assignments so that I can actually get into the relaxation period but because I have mm-hmm. the assignments I feel like I can't relax
1: yeah it's a weird like limbo period like I feel like after when most of my assignments were due I felt like I could relax and I was like I can just not worry about work anymore but I still have work that I have to do so mm-hmm. I'm in like this weird period where like I have to do work, but I don't have to be doing it necessarily all the time because the deadlines still feel pretty far away. So, yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah. I've just got three more assessments and I've actually had to ask for extensions for those because it's just been really hard and difficult to keep up. And I just really wasn't feeling well last week. I was still kind of mm-hmm. like, I was that your stomach. <laughs> you heard that? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so loud. <gasps> Oh, my God. It's really It was sensitive. like reacting to what you were saying. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Um, yeah, I had to get extensions because uh, I just wasn't feeling that well last week or even just a couple days ago. And yeah. there are two creative projects. So one's a video and one's like a drawing, like a digital drawing. And I was like, okay, I need to get this massive essay out of the way before I can concentrate on working on those projects. And luckily, my professors are really, really kind and thoughtful, so they gave me a couple days extension, so I have That's until great. Tuesday to, to finish everything. Nice. Should we get into the topic of today's... Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about the concept of guilty pleasures, because both of us have talked about this in the past, and we realize that we mm-hmm. don't really understand what a guilty pleasure is. Um, yeah. We don't... We th- at least I thought that I didn't have that many guilty pleasures, but yeah, at the thought of planning this video, I was like, "Oh, actually, huh, I kind of do, I get the concept now, but like I still don't understand it, so we wanted yeah. to discuss that today,
1: yeah, and just I feel like especially right now i've been th- it's been on my mind a bit more lately because I have more time, and I kind of want to distract myself with like Netflix and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, so I've been. I don't know, consuming more content, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, do you want to go back to the thing that comforts you and but maybe isn't feeding your brain that much? Or do you want to watch something new that's maybe a little more challenging or something like that? Yeah. So, And there is like a sense of, for me anyway, like a sense of guilt if I don't watch something that feels like it's... It's fueling your brain somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Or that it's like considered, I don't know, higher
0: higher... Culture or whatever. Mm, yeah. So, so I don't know. I wanted to start off by reading uh, an entry from Merriam-Webster or like any dictionary entry because I feel like that always gives me kind of perspective of what the general concept of yeah. something is and then throw it out the window and explain mm-hmm. what I think it is. So according to Merriam-Webster, uh, guilty pleasure is something pleasurable that induces a usually minor feeling of guilt. Hmm. Which like there makes... Go makes sense but at the same time I'm like uh uh it's not what I think about necessarily when I think of guilty pleasure I mean it makes sense but yeah what do you think about I think now it's kind of something that you may not necessarily feel guilt at least this is how I feel is I I don't necessarily feel guilty about like watching anime or reading fan fiction as a guilty pleasure, but it feels almost embarrassing when I tell other people about it. Is that kind of feeling, rather than feeling guilty for consuming it on the spot? Like, it's kind of different from what you were explaining before. Um, For me, it's just like, if I were to tell other people about it, that's where kind of the embarrassment and the shame and the guilt would come from. But in the Mm -hmm. actual consumption of it, I understand in my head, like, oh, maybe this... Like, I understand all the problems that come with it, Mm -hmm. but... I enjoy it for what it is.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know. It depends what I'm watching, I guess, but I get that too. Like definitely a big element of it is whether I'd be embarrassed to tell someone that I liked it or Mm -hmm. just tell someone that I walked, watched it in general. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Like for me, it, it also just depends who I'm talking to Mm -hmm. too. Like I know that, I just, I, I don't know. I, it's, I don't
0: know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Do you have like a uh, idea or a definition of what you thought a guilty pleasure was? Hmm. Something that you know isn't like
1: necessarily gr- like helping you grow in any way or anything like that. Something that you know like would be looked down upon, mm-hmm. but you like watching it anyway. I don't really know. I guess it's similar to, it is, a big part of it is whether you'd feel comfortable talking to someone else about it, I guess. But, mm. or, like, whether you'd feel, not comfortable, but, like, whether you'd feel judged if you told someone that you were watching it. Um, but there's yeah. something else more to it where I'm, like, my own critic, where I'm, like, as I'm watching something <laughs> dumb, I'm, like, oh, this is dumb. Like, I I feel embarrassed that I watched this a little bit as I'm watching it, which is, yeah, I don't know, I'm trying to get away from that.
0: Yeah, that's generally how I approach um things that i do like and don't like like i'm not someone who really keeps up with a lot of the trends and a lot of the popular culture that's going on right now like the popular movies the popular tv shows or whatever i kind of watch things mm-hmm. at my own pace so i'm often mm-hmm. behind in a lot of stuff or i like i just like things i find things that i like and i try not to let it control like the, the clout and the hype control my idea of it. And, like, sure, if it is a popular thing, there is a lot of discussion around it. Um, like, for Marvel movies, like, let's say, for example, Thor Ragnarok, I didn't like it when I first watched it because it was so different from the first couple films. For, yeah, for the mm-hmm. first two films and then as people were saying like it's such a good film I rewatched it again and I was like you know what this is a comedic genius and I just didn't appreciate it at the time so in those moments right. it's not a guilty pleasure in any way but like it's that whole idea of being controlled by or being uh, influenced by what other people say but when I was younger and like the, the whole reason why I didn't understand guilty pleasures was like when I was younger I used to really like Taylor Swift in like elementary mm-hmm. school um, and Twilight I was obsessed with those two things in grade 8 and my entire class tried to stop me from liking those two things and like i was unappreciative mm. like I, I mean un um what's the word i was just like determined to let myself like those things because undeterred. i enjoyed them yes undeterred <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't think of words nowadays i have no vocabulary <laughs> um i was undeterred from letting their opinions and their like actual physical efforts of hiding the twilight books from me in class um to like actually sway my judgment of what I thought about that kinds of things, because I just, it, it gave me so much pleasure. So why should I feel guilty about that?
1: I really think there should just be like a principle where it's like, if you enjoy reading it or listening to it or watching it, it shouldn't matter (laughs) whether Mm -hmm. it's considered like cheesy or bad. Like, that's the weird thing too. like what's considered cheesy in a like negative way. And what's considered cheesy in like a, yeah, but I'll watch it anyway. Kind of way. Like, I feel like, Mm -hmm. with Twilight there was a sense of people thought like this is actually like bad like it's like damaging somehow whereas with like Marvel you could argue that it's like the same sort of thing in that it's like not really challenging you and it's just kind of like pure entertainment and it is kind of cheesy and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yet that's like way much like way more accepted than Twilight.
0: Well I I think they almost kind of live in two separate veins and I had done a reading for a class last year where we were talking it was like a talking about like why middle-aged women loved Twilight so much Mm -hmm. and part of the appeal is that it's a fantasy it's like a long-term love that will um persist no matter what and of course we realize like in all of these rom-coms and all of these like romantic stories that we watch or read or consume Um, a lot of these are tropes. A lot of these don't really happen in real life, but we use those as an escape to uh, our regular life. And we kind of know the difference between, oh, this is unrealistic and, oh... Um, I mean, some people may not be able to see that, but generally a lot of just just use it because we need to shut our brains down sometimes because we're constantly Mm -hmm. being bombarded by all these different real-life situations, all our different problems in real life. So sometimes you just want to turn your brain off and watch a romantic situation where a love will persist and live eternally between these two vampires.
1: Yeah. And where he's uh like what, a hundred and something and looks seventeen. He is kinda of uh, creepy that he's seventeen when you think about it.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh that, that's a whole other topic <laughs> that we could talk about for a different day. <laughs> but yeah, I know what
1: you mean. And like kind of going off of that, I guess, um we talked a little bit before about how there's a sense of it seems like things that are made for and branded for and marketed to women tend to Mm -hmm. be taken less seriously than other things that are just as silly and like surface level but Mm -hmm. are marketed towards everyone or towards men like I don't know my my most recent example of that is so we watched that rom-com admission a while ago when we were oh, all yeah. still together <laughs> and it was not well done it was like disappointing directing and disappointing script and like yeah everything just was misuse just disappointing. of Amy or Paul Redd and Tina Fey but like yeah. I was gonna say Amy Poehler um but like that yeah it wasn't good and then we also watched Spencer Confidential the new <laughs> the Mark <day> Wahlberg <laughs> movie after that and I thought about that and I thought like I feel like there's a sense of I don't know I haven't talked to that many people about this so it'd be interesting to kind of gauge how people would react to the different movies but I I feel like with something like Admission there's I don't know I don't know where I'm going with this exactly it's like with Spencer Confidential people would they they market it as a semi serious movie if that makes sense like action mm-hmm. movies and stuff like that. Yeah, they people are s- expected to take it seriously even though it's so obviously dumb and like badly written and stuff like that. Yeah, and just like it's all about the like effects and like I don't know. Whereas with admission, because it's like a love story and it's yeah. mainly for women, it's like silly right from the beginning. I
0: don't know. There's just more of a there are different approaches to it, I find. Yeah, I guess. There's I don't just know if that makes sense. <laughs> a general stigma of like what is determined as like a chick flick versus an yeah. action film, and like girls can also like action films, but guys can't like chick flicks. Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't know, when you label something as something like, as, it's not really derogatory, but it just sounds menacing when you say like a chick flick. It just sounds I don't really like rude. It. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it really bothers me. Um, it just is very dismissive in the way yeah. that there's no there's no label that's equivalent for
0: action movies that are equally dumb or even just like <laughs> sometimes dumber. Any any movies that are marketed towards a, a a predominantly male audience.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, it just bothers like I have that um app, the film reviewing app Letterboxd that mm-hmm. I love and I make a point of reviewing all the rom-coms that i watch and like making sure that it's balanced too mm-hmm. like i reviewed spencer confidential and i gave it a lower star rating than admission because i i'm sick of like things just being rated better because they're like i don't know just because they have effects or whatever i, I don't they're, know they just they're more action-centered than they are romance yeah but yeah I, I just feel like stuff like rom-coms it's you just need to find you need to accept that it's a different way of watching and it's a different way of enjoying Mm -hmm. than you would approach like a a serious film but yeah there are merits to it and there are ways to appreciate it I
0: guess Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I'm just trying to get away from feeling guilty or bad about watching something that feels cheesy or like maybe not the best written or whatever it's like if it's enjoyable then it's enjoyable
0: yeah like I was going to say something and then I forgot. But yeah, just like, why should you feel guilty about enjoying something if it's not harming someone else? Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to talk about how I read a lot of fan fiction because I grew up as a fangirl and it's just something that I really, really enjoy. And there are some people who write really, like, amazing stories, but they're kind of in the same vein as rom-coms, where there's a specific mm-hmm. way that fan fiction writers are fan fiction authors kind of write so it's often
1: women too
0: right oh it's almost like predominantly women um in Mm -hmm. fandoms in general there's uh, mostly women a lot of them are lgbtq plus women um Mm -hmm. or non-binary people um but there is also a lot of like there's a huge i don't want to say fetish but there's a huge um group of people or like Market, I'm saying in quotes um, for like M slash fan fiction or like male male pairings. Mm-hmm. So in almost every single fandom, you'll find like that male male pairings are the top of that of like the they have the most fan fictions written in that category or in that um, TV show or book or whatever, because mm-hmm. it just seems to be like very appealing to a lot of people. And so I feel guilty admitting to other people that I do read male male fan fiction just because um, it's also kind of seen, cause funnily enough, there, uh, there have been studies where they show that it's mostly women who's consuming these male, male fan fictions and not, um, like even gay men don't like it a lot because I, I don't really know what the reason is. Um, but they, hmm. it's mostly women who's consuming this type of content and who's writing this type of content. And like, there's no reasoning as to why that is a thing but there is just a huge market there is like a huge part of the fandom that that do read it it's just embarrassing because i also understand that there kind of becomes a fetishization of gay relationships in fandoms through this way and people kind of get very intense about it um so it's not really a dark side but it's definitely one of the more embarrassing sides to admit to people who don't understand what it's like a more complicated thing because it's yeah. not something that everyone knows about, I
1: guess. Like, if I said, like, oh, like, I'm watching Grey's Anatomy and I feel kind of, like, embarrassed. Or I shouldn't. But, like, <laughs> if I ever say that to someone, then, like, it's different from you saying, like, oh, I'm reading this fanfiction or whatever. Yeah, I'm reading this
0: fanfiction about these two characters who aren't gay in the show but are written as, like, gay-coded um, in, like, different fan fictions And... We were talking to a graduate student about this in my fan cultures class last year, mm-hmm. and she was saying how, like, a lot of these stories just happen to be, like, more human-centered stories, especially for people um, from an LGBTQ, like, with, like, part of the community. So they just like to write these stories, and it doesn't matter if they're actually gay or not. It's just that, like, in those moments, they, like, comfort each other. They're there for each other. It's, like, a stronger relationship than are written in most modern media like she was comparing like uh, regular young adult books to like fan fiction young adult fan fiction and it just seems like the types of stories that they would tell sometimes they're more explicit sometimes they're more um in depth but you aren't restricted by like the publishing um expectations or like the the societal expectations and you're free to write whatever the hell you want and like there's such creative stories out there and there's sometimes just the it's also the same thing with like rom-coms it's, it's this like the same coffee shop AUs or alternate universes. Um, There's, like, college stories. There's hurt comfort stories. There's, like, things that people gravitate towards, like certain themes, and Mm -hmm. yet every single time, like, you fall in love with the characters all over again. You fall in love with the couple all over again. It's just very enjoyable to read, but at the same time, it's embarrassing to admit to other people who just don't get it and may think it's, like, a negative thing. Which I think, yeah. to some degree, if it gets too extreme where you get too invested with it, it can be a negative thing. But overall, if you generally enjoy it and it's not hurting anyone and you're not mm-hmm. going out of your way to, like, threaten producers, which has happened before, um, to make a couple real, um, I, why should you feel that guilty about yeah, exp- yeah. Of, like no, enjoying true. something like that?
1: There's definitely stigma about it, though, because there's a... Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a whole other conversation, but there's... I think it's partly, like, our societal senses of, like, what's authentic and stuff, and people don't like when something's, like, just an extension, or I shouldn't say just an extension, but when something's kind of extending a story that already exists, I think there's a sense of, I don't know, stigma around that, but also just mm-hmm. because people only hear certain things about fan fiction, which are, mm-hmm. like, usually the aggressive or, sides. like, hypersexualized or something, Yeah, which is obviously, like...
0: I've heard from you, not, not the whole <laughs> thing. It's not the whole thing, but th- it definitely does make up a big part of it. But yeah. for people think that or theorists think that the reason why like romance novels are a huge thing among women is that we're not. This is going to get to a weird place. Um, <laughs> it's not generally acceptable society societally for women to watch porn. So we consume it through reading it because it's not as right. visually um, aggressive, maybe. Uh, so fan fiction almost performs the same thing, except it's more for a diverse audience for people of color who can kind of theorize. Like for it, it, it does provide a comfort to a lot of people, both creators and consumers um, within like the uh, the fandom. It's mm. it really just opens up a lot more doors than what. And you, you're able to play with uh, your imagination a lot more. And for people who maybe aren't satisfied with how shows end, you can completely reimagine it. And within mm-hmm. fandoms, that's totally acceptable. At least for some part of it, for like the more transformational fandoms. For people who, let's say, like, generally for Star Wars, their dominant audience is like a straight white male.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: they would sometimes be fine with the storyline that happens in the first six movies um Mm -hmm. but for people who aren't satisfied who who think that there is more gay coding happening in the movies who think who like these characters but want to see them in different situations those authors are free to be able to do that writing on platforms online um, and sharing it with other people who have those same expectations like what's great about fandom is that you find a community of people who even if there's so much diversity even within one community So you find the people within that community who you vibe with the most. And if you have similar, like, types of stories or you have similar types of, like, relationships that you prefer, um, you're able to get catharsis from that as well. Do you feel like there's
1: any, like, I already kind of said what I, why I think maybe there's a stigma around it. Do you feel like there's anything else that is creating a stigma or, like... Why you might feel, like, kind of embarrassed to talk about the fact that you read fan fiction? Um,
0: I think fan culture in general is definitely a different side that a lot of people don't see. Like, even people in my class, I was probably one of the more extreme fangirls or fan people uh, <laughs> who were who was taking that class because I grew up reading a lot of books and I kind of still participate in, like, Tumblr culture, Instagram culture nowadays in those communities but to people who don't understand what, like, the term shipping means, what OTP, canon, all these different things, for people who don't, haven't been exposed to that kind of culture, they they kind of hear about it from, like, One Direction fans or... Right. I feel like fandoms often get a bad rap because of the dedication and the passion that people have that often gets aggressive. Right. So because of that, it, like seems like a more negative place, but really it's a wonderful community. If you find the people within the community who you get along with and who share the same values that you do, Mm -hmm. it creates a lot more community than it does, um, than it is harmful. Obviously there's toxic fandoms everywhere and there's, there's negative aspects of it too, but it's just another way that the internet kind of connects all of us together because we're able to share our opinions with each other online. But the ones that get... Um, the stories that get put into the media are the ones that were like, people got aggressive. They're like right. um, Star Wars fans who were resisting the introduction of like a gay coded character or whatever. I don't actually know what the discourse is um, in, in Star Wars fandoms. I just kind of hear mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> right. But there's, I think, for people who were outside of the fandom, because it's it's not for everyone and not a lot of people participate in it. So being as a person who is mostly like mostly grew up in fandoms it's weird for me to like see people not in fandoms and I can't really see it from an outside perspective but I, I'm i pretty sure like it, it is a different community and a different vibe that you get from being an outsider versus like being an insider
1: right yeah I feel like we should talk about fandoms and stuff in another episode because I feel like I have stuff to say like I'm not I don't consider myself to be in any (laughs) fandom, so I have that outsider perspective Mm -hmm. I guess um which would be interesting to talk about yeah I mean
0: what do you yeah what do you think about um when you hear like people in fandoms or like what what do you think like the stigma like what do you what is your thought on fan fiction
1: (laughs) um I think it's changed like since we've talked about it but like I don't know, mm-hmm. the only thing that I've heard of, really, that was fan fiction that made a mainstream was Fifty Shades of Grey, and I think that's the case mm. with a lot of people. So I think that's probably a bad place to start, because that's, like, a very sexualized yeah. <laughs> version of, like, Twilight or something, um, mm-hmm. which, yeah, so I don't know, you get a sense of fan fiction through that, which is, like, a feeling that it's all, like, just very sexualized versions of another story, which... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm learning, like, isn't obviously true. Um, But I don't know. I've never read any fan fiction or anything for some reason. I just, I don't know. I don't feel the need to. I don't know. I can't describe it any other way. Yeah, no. Um, Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, I don't know. I just get nervous about fandoms because I think that I feel like they can get really extreme, as we've talked about. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I know very little about what it's like because I've never really been part of like an internet community like that. I don't know. Mm. I just I feel like I I like to be um, a fan from afar. (laughs) I don't know. I like to be like (laughs) either like a lukewarm fan or a really big fan. But I like to have my own version of being a fan of something Mm -hmm. and not like have other people's opinions on it, if that makes sense. I don't know. I just. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it better than that.
0: I think we should have another episode me, on that. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll save that for a different thing. Just like what yeah. life was like. We being. could. I like. I wouldn't even say that I am. I, I wouldn't even say that I'm a huge fangirl in comparison to what other people go through. Like I'm very much a lurker on everything. I'm not really a creator, but I do consume a lot of content. So I re- mm. I like I really love fan art, and I really love fan fiction. But, and I have waited outside of the Scotiabank Theaters in downtown Toronto for 11 hours to look for the cast, to wait for the cast of um, The Mortal Instruments, mm-hmm. City of Bones. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the most extreme thing that I've done. Yeah. Um, and I've gone That's to that one convention. I mean, so, this yeah, it's 12 hours that extreme. is a time, but it's pretty... Yeah, yeah we, we got there at like 7 in the morning, and then I think they got there like 6 p.m. so we watched oh, yeah. them set up the whole thing that's a story for a different day <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: this is gonna be a really bad transition but we could transition quickly into talking about something that we're both like weirdly <laughs> into which is burlesque
0: the movie burlesque. the movie burlesque featuring christina aguilera and cher and kristen bell I, and cam yeah, Gigandet. <laughs> i'm really working on not
1: being feeling guilty or being embarrassed by anything that I've watched but this one is has been particularly hard for me because I feel like it is kind of trashy but like
0: it is enjoyable but I to like watch. it it's really nice it's it's got like good <laughs> songs you've got uh Christina Aguilera who's always a great singer and I think I I don't know I don't feel anything towards it I don't know why you do yeah um I don't know but that's just me
1: <laughs> yeah no it's really I, I feel like yeah no I didn't mean to like insulted that much it is like and it's it's a surprisingly good like stanley tucci's in it which is fun oh my god yeah i forgot about that and i don't know it's just like a fun movie to watch and you do mm-hmm. kind of like turn your brain off for it i guess mm-hmm. but it's just like musical numbers and like a rags to riches kind of story <laughs> i don't know christina Aguilar is not the best actress but she's not it's but... still fun to watch i don't know
0: yeah with her um song performances I think it really adds to the the whole aura of burlesque and it just I don't know what I like about it so much but it's just an enjoyable film to watch and I've watched it like three times yeah me too and
1: yeah yeah sorry go ahead (laughs) no I didn't
0: have I, I didn't know what I was gonna say next
1: Oh, I was just gonna say like I've watched it like a few times now and every time I watch it I feel more and more like okay I already know going into it that like the writing's not the best and the acting's not mm-hmm. the best and like it's kind of cheesy and maybe I should spend my time watching something else but it's one of those movies that's kind of just like comforting to watch sometimes because mm-hmm. you know what's gonna happen and you know that you'll be entertained yeah and it's kind of fun to see Christina Aguilar's character succeed and do that song that we always sing to each other <laughs> i like how we discovered yeah tough lover we discovered that we both liked like had weird obsessions with that movie from when one of us like did the beginning like sound that christina yeah i
0: I can't even remember what the context of the situation was i'm pretty sure it was me who just went oh oh," and like you just just looked at me and started laughing (laughs) and i was like does she know what i'm referencing i had no idea if you knew what i was referencing and then you were like you like we're too busy laughing and you just nodded your head and I was like oh, okay she gets it she understands
1: <laughs> it was just so funny because I knew exactly what it was <laughs> and at uh, that scene specifically I've watched a bunch of times because it's very satisfying to watch even though yeah it's kind of dumb because like the <laughs> the backup singers join in and we're like how do how do they first of all how do they know how to sing because I thought they were supposed to be just dancers and they weren't supposed to be good at singing. And then, but they also mm-hmm. knew like what singing to like they knew how to be backup singers for that specific yeah, song. They knew how to harmonize. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's really it's, fun to watch. It's movie magic, baby. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it helps. Like, I still am kind of embarrassed by it, and I feel bad because I feel like I disparage that movie. And you, you like it, and you don't feel embarrassed about watching it. So I feel like I should be more like that. But, um. I think it helps it takes time to Yeah. I mean I think it helps to find someone else who also has interests that are like overlapping with yours, even one mm-hmm. that you may be kind of embarrassed of. I don't know what it is about burlesque that I feel like I don't know, that is like embarrassing to me. I guess it's yeah, the mm-hmm. writing is not particularly good and Christina Aguilera is a singer, not an actress, and like I think people mm-hmm. know that she's not a very good actress. I don't know.
0: I don't know what it <laughs> is that I think people are gonna judge me so harshly for, but But, like, what you were saying before, I think that feeling of um, at least finding one other person who um, can appreciate the same thing that you do, or, like, even if it's not to the same level, I think that's what fandoms are for, is that a lot of people feel so disconnected from the people around them because they don't share the same interests that they do. And, like, um, there's a lot of fandoms around kids' cartoons, and I'm, like, putting quotes around that because Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, those have huge, um, what is it, over the... Over the Garden Wall, those have huge uh, fandoms online of, like, middle-aged, not Mm middle-aged, like, young adults, like, mid-twenties aged people. But they're considered kids' cartoons, so it's kind of embarrassing to admit, like, oh yeah, I watch Voltron Legendary Defender, I watch Miraculous Ladybug, like, these are all meant for a younger audience but the content itself is really good animation mm-hmm. i think is an excellent format um so you find other people online who share the same interests that you do and there's you find out that there's a whole community of like a gift economy of writers writing stories because they just want they love it because they want to share their ideas yeah. with other people and you find artists who have the same um who have an amazing art style who kind of recreate or Remodify the designs and their art style of the different characters, mm-hmm. and it's just like a welcoming, generally welcoming community. Sometimes you can; <laughs> it, it is difficult to enter. Um, when it's a uh, pretty established, and you you get embarrassed because it's an overhyped, um, thing within the community itself. Right. But you feel that comfort of knowing that there are other people who enjoy the same thing that you do unap- unapologetically. unapologetically. Mm. Hmm.
1: That is cool. Yeah, I guess that's, Mm -hmm. like, the key. I don't know. I think it's important to challenge yourself, but I'm also thinking more and more, like, life is too short to, like, not watch what you like watching or, like, to feel guilty Mm -hmm. about what you enjoy consuming. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I'm quite a... Like, I'm generally a person who, like I said before, it it takes me a long time to get into different shows and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, or, like, I get kind of obsessed with the show for a long period of time but kind of only within a couple of them so i'm mm-hmm. making my way through all these different tv shows and make my way through these different books to try and enter the fandom or just find other people maybe who are like whose fandoms are really big right now because they have a lot of fan art and i love fan art um <laughs> but yeah life is definitely too short to to feel guilty and like not be or to be embarrassed about the things that you watch yeah. like just watch it and you don't have to tell anyone, but you can share it yeah. online, or you can um, just, like, have that keychain with you. Um, it I feel like now, like, watching anime and being in a fandom is less stigmatized than it was before, because, yeah. like, the communities are growing really, really big. but I was watching yeah. a video of people who were, like, closet um, anime fans when they were younger, and their experiences mm. of, like, desperately trying to find someone else in their classrooms who so watched the that same that stuff considered that they did like a closeted thing but i mean yeah. it makes sense in a way because it is very stigmatized mm-hmm. so. especially if you're like an asian who goes to who went to like a predominantly white high school or uh, elementary right. school right. um that definitely it just like labels you as other more than anything right so right yeah and i'm just trying to get i never got into anime as a kid because I don't, I wasn't really friends with people who were into anime, so I wasn't introduced to it until maybe high school, and so now I'm slowly Mm -hmm. making my way through watching all of them, but I still kind of get embarrassed when I, like, talk to other people about it, because I'm like, oh, I'm an anime fan, and they're, like, people, because anime is also, those fandoms get pretty aggressive um, about, like, if whether or not you're an otaku, which is, like, a, a huge person who's obsessed with anime and Japanese culture, I think that's that may not be the correct definition um, or like a weeaboo someone who wants to become Japanese because they've watched so much anime and like mm-hmm. consume so much of Japanese content that they want to kind of become Japanese which is not a good idea <laughs> uh, that's a whole discussion as well I have a lot of feelings yeah. about that <laughs> um, but yeah so life's too short just like what you like and try your best to not take the judgment of what other people say sure it's difficult when you're like if you're being bullied about it in class Mm -hmm. but just know that there are other people probably online who can support you for loving the thing that you love as well (laughs) yeah and it's also like people i mean that that
1: story that you had about like twilight and stuff Mm -hmm. that really sucks but i think it is kind of like an outlier or at least once you get old enough that you're like not in class anymore and it's not yeah. that environment it's like people don't care as much about it as you think like i yeah, find myself true. justifying that i'm watching a certain show or that i've watched a movie and liked it that i i deem like not high enough standard or whatever but most of the time people don't care mm-hmm. <laughs> and they may have watched it too and liked yeah. it too. like
0: i don't know there's just too much content out there as well, so, like, trying to keep up with the hype stuff, even if you mm-hmm. don't enjoy it. Like, I don't like Friends. Controversial topic. Um, I don't like Friends. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about Friends. And it's just not my kind of comedy, and it's kind of dated yeah. because I didn't grow up with it. Mm-hmm. But people will, like, I've never tried watching The Office. People say Parks and Rec is good for me, but I've still debating on if i should get into that i think it would be but you know what (laughs) only watch what you want to watch
1: like yeah it's like
0: it's also like the moment someone recommends something to me it's like okay so i'll watch that like seven years later (laughs) i totally get that i want to be like you don't know
1: exactly what i'll like yeah usually people are right
0: so (laughs) yeah people are right but just in that moment i'm like oh i have but i have this like list of stuff that i have to um to start as well. And so I'll That's just slowly... True. Like, if you let me get it to it at my own pace, I'm sure that I will enjoy it for what it is. And honestly, I do end up liking stuff after the hype dies down. And I'm like, yeah, me too. oh, this is great. And then no one is around to talk about it. And I get really sad. <laughs> it's so sad.
1: I feel like, yeah, that uh, that happened to me with Parks and Rec a little bit. It it I think I started watching it around... Like, I started watching it after it had already ended. Mm-hmm. Like, a couple years after the show had gone off the air. So... Yeah, I mean, but I know that there are fans out there. I just don't feel the need to reach out to people for some reason.
0: Like I just yeah. enjoy the the show on my own, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and that's totally fine too. As long as you enjoy it, that's all that really matters. Like I've tried watching so many different TV shows, and I'm like, it's just not for me, so I stop watching them. And I think, I don't know. I think for books, there is a similar stigma as well. We're like, well, not really stigma, but like once you start something, you should probably finish it. But it's a lot easier to drop a show than it is to to drop a book. Mm-hmm. but yeah like you're free to consume whatever you want and you don't have to listen to other people's opinions like you can try it out but you don't have to listen to other people's opinions um mm-hmm. about a certain thing like if you don't like it yeah you're free to have that opinion you're not the same as that person or those people
1: yeah and it goes the other way too like where you don't have to like something just because it's really hyped up or because it's got Oscar nominations or whatever, mm-hmm. just because, like, people are saying it's good. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't personally enjoy it, like, that's <laughs> fine. And you shouldn't feel bad about that. You shouldn't feel like you didn't get it or, like, you're dumb or anything. Yeah, And I struggle with that, too, for sure. But I'm I am learning to, like, have my own opinions and just stick to my guns more.
0: Yeah. So. And I think there's also the idea of even if you love something, other people might not like it, um other people might not like it so don't try and mm-hmm. force it onto other people thinking that they're gonna mm-hmm. take it the same way that you do so we're all allowed right. to like our own things and i don't see why there should be guilt tab tagged onto that no yeah um guilt
1: is a very useless emotion <laughs> yeah. as my parents always say <laughs> like yeah it's i mean just- unless it's like related to something you did actually wrong but usually mm-hmm. it's like re- Attached to, like, silly things that we don't need to be guilty yeah, for. Yeah,
0: this is something that you don't need to feel guilty about.
1: Exactly. I think we... That was a perfect stopping point, I think.
0: Yeah. We're doing well on time. time.
1: <laughs> we kept it under an
0: hour. Yes. We're going <laughs> to keep extending it longer. <laughs> <for us>. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I guess thank you for listening to this episode of First the Thing. Yeah, um, quarantine
1: edition Yes, quarantine. We hope everyone's staying dis- safe. Social distancing edition.
0: Um, if you guys have any feelings towards the idea of guilty pleasures, you can comment on our posts on Instagram mm-hmm. or we're gonna try and start up a Facebook page soon. So on Instagram and Twitter, we're at first the thing podcast. And I'm pretty sure when we make our Facebook page, it'll also be first a thing podcast. So mm-hmm. check us we've out there. We made that brand now, we have to stick to it. Yeah. <laughs> um let us know what you guys our thoughts are on guilty pleasures or if you guys have Mm -hmm. any things that you would consider guilty pleasures Mm -hmm. and um we'll talk to you guys next time great bye bye